there, everyone, and thanks for tuning into episode 82 of the Eyes Free Sports Podcast. My name is Greg Lindbergh. Here on episode 82 of Eyes Free Sports, we are chatting about a super cool technology that is enabling blind and visually impaired sports fans to enjoy the action a little more independently and uh, actually get a lot more feedback and information about what's going on when they attend live sporting events. And so we are hopping across the pond to chat with a gentleman from Dublin, Ireland, who is part of this really unique startup company. So let's dive right now into episode 82. All right, so my guest here on this episode of Eyes Free Sports is Omar Salem. And Omar is one of the co-founders of Field of Vision, uh, which has developed a super cool technology for blind sports fans. Omar, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me on today, Greg. Looking forward to speaking with you. Definitely. Yeah. And like uh, I told you uh, kind of before we got rolling here, uh, I'm just so fascinated by this technology. I'm a lifelong, you know, sports fan myself. And as my vision has changed over time, obviously, you know, being able to participate in the fan experience, you know, has become more challenging. So something like this technology that you guys have created is just uh, so, so exciting. Glad to hear that. It's uh, comments like that that keep us going and uh, prevent us from calling it prevent us from calling it a day when, when things may not go right. But um, yeah, fantastic to hear that. What sports do you follow the most yourself? Uh, definitely American football is, is my big one, but also big baseball fan as well. Um, actually, even bowling. I've, uh, I used to bowl in a league for a long time and have actually followed pro bowling now for quite a while. Um, so that's kind of one of the lesser, you know, popular ones as far as as far as fandom, but definitely just in general love love sports. Likewise. Sure, sure. So just to kind of start things off here, uh, let's just talk about kind of the the backgrounds of the three of you. I know it's yourself and two other gentlemen that are behind this company, Field of Vision. Yeah. So um, the three of us, myself, Omar, um, Tim. Farrelly and David Denneher, we grew up together. We didn't grow up together. We went to school together, high school together in um, in North Dublin in, in Ireland. Good friends, all somewhat interested in you know, technology and engineering and so forth. And when we were about 16 or 17 years old, we, um, we entered a kind of an international science and engineering competition together called F1 in Schools, where the task was to... Um, to kind of create a mini Formula One team, build small CO2 powered car and build kind of a brand and a company around that as well, race sponsorship. We were fortunate enough to win that, um, winning that competition in the Irish um, final of it and then travel to Singapore together as a team to um, compete in the world finals where um, we did quite well for ourselves there as well. And that was a fantastic um, kind of life life-defining experience so to speak as a 16 17 year olds raising about 30 grand to um to travel to the side of the world and, and, and race a small car that we built um after that we you know each grad each graduated high school went off to different universities i myself actually went up north to belfast to study aerospace engineering lost contact slightly i'd say then probably a year later i guess you know when when covid19 started hitting and you know we're all in lockdowns and sent back home i came across videos online of visually impaired sports fans uh, soccer fans specifically watching games with um, a friend or family member in the stadium and a friend or family member would just be narrating the game to them tracing the ball position on the palm of their hand or in some cases creating some kind of mini model of the, of the, of the pitch and the players on the kitchen table and 
explaining them how this is going. I thought, okay, interesting. I wonder, you know, could some technology solution be be possible in order to do that? Um, so I started messing around with, with some materials at home. I had a three D printer at home and some spare, you know, Arduino's and parts, and um, and then messaged Tim and David and said, you know, hey guys, are you free? Do you wanna do you wanna do another fun project together again? Um, and so we'll see how we'll see where we go with it. Wow, very interesting. So it was just kind of by happenstance, like you said, seeing seeing some videos of, of blind fans, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, per- personally, none of us um, have any connection at all to um, anyone in the blind or, or vision impaired community. I-, I wouldn't even say before I started this that I've ever spoken to one. And I, w- I would I would go further to to admit my ignorance. I didn't even realize that blind or visually impaired people even watch sports or um, you know could engage in, in that whole kind of thing. Um, but um, just something about it just really struck me, and and I thought, wow, okay, blind people do really enjoy sports. I'm ignorant. Um, let me inform myself, speak to a lot of blind fans um, or blind sports enjoyers um, online and, and find a few connections on the phone call as well. Ask them about their problems, what could be better in terms of enjoying sports. And um, we started you know, kind of from there, I guess. Sure. And kind of on that note, I did want to mention uh, two statistics I found on your website, the Field of Vision website that really kind of struck me and uh one of them is that 15 percent of blind and visually impaired individuals uh, attend sporting events only 15 percent whereas 71 percent actually engage with sports uh, on tv or radio Uh, any any thoughts on those numbers just in, in general yeah, I mean, well, well, the numbers don't lie. Quite frankly, I think I think a cooler statistic also, and and I think I think the two come hand in hand is that in the in the United Kingdom, forty three percent of blind people identify as as soccer fans or football fans specifically, and that's compared to forty seven percent of the general population. So you know, it's a really negligible difference. Um, there are so many visually impaired people who enjoy sports for the exact same reasons um, everyone does, and when they go to a stadium, the experience can be limited um, at best, I, I would I would argue, um, whether that be listening to audio descriptive commentary or um, just having a friend or family member narrated or just um, listening to kind of the public uh, radio broadcast. We've spoken to fans and they tell us that, and I'm sure you can speak for yourself, um, that the experience just isn't as ex- engaging, thrilling, immersive as, as it could be. Exactly. No doubt about that. They do their best, but, uh, you know, whether it's like you said, listening to a commentator or just a friend or family member sitting next to you, you still don't quite get that, that full, you know, detailed, uh, immersive experience. Absolutely. So in terms of the technology, let's talk about, uh, this, the specific device that you guys have developed. And if you just want to explain maybe kind of what into what went into to making this device and just how it works and, and just in general, give us an overview. So the aim, of, the aim of the technology we're developing is to replicate the visual experience of, well, we're starting out with soccer. I'll start, I'll preface, but um, it could be applied to other sports. Anyway, the, the objective is to replicate the visual experience of a sports game through touch and, and feeling. So there's a few ways we do that. Um, the device itself is probably this, the size of a small laptop or an iPad, slightly thicker. It has um, kind of the engravings of, of the sports field on the top of it, and also a ring-shaped ball, a ring-shaped magnetic ball, which the user can place their finger on and feel exactly where the ball is in real time in the pitch. Um, they can feel the 
player running down the wing, the swerve of a pass, the power of a free kick. Um, and then the cool part is there's different um, levels of haptic feedback, different vibrations, which enable users to feel which team has possession, if a player has received it, if a player has passed it, if a player is moving with the ball, and most important, obviously, if there's a goal or not. I started developing them um, about two years ago in university well, while we're all in university slash at home and we are now just coming up to the stage where we're producing um, 10 to 15 of them this month um, for use in, in live games. Wow that's amazing. So just a little more on the, the actual device so I know you mentioned kind of the haptic feedback so can you kind of give some examples of you know, if, if a goal is scored, what does the, the person, do they actually feel something? Do they hear something? How does that work? So, so we focus on the, on the vibrations on the, on the, um, the touch itself. Um, we, we don't communicate sound at the moment, although we can communicate any radio broadcast that is, um, kind of in the stadium or around the internet. Um, in terms of different vibrations, it would be Every time a player on, let's go, let's just say the home team, um, will, will kick the ball, the top surface of the of the device will vibrate, which which would be where your hand with the kind of moving magnet is. Um, that will vibrate, you know, at a certain frequency, maybe like a single pulse. And if you know the same player uh, passes, you know, does the opposite, so pass it, single pulse. If it's received, it's double pulse. And then on the opposite team, say the opposition intercepts it or gets the ball, it will then be the bottom part of the device that's vibrating. So without being told, you can, while watching a game, you can know exactly if a pass is being made by a certain a certain team. Um, is that is the player on the same team going to receive it, or is the player on the opposition going to receive it? And you know, so on and so forth. Um, as the play progresses, then when there's a goal, um, you'll feel the ball going through the lines you'll you'll feel it hitting the back of the net um, as the ball moves into the goal and then there'll just be a, a stronger vibration i guess to, to signify that also which is a bit fun wow that's amazing and i guess i do kind of think of like you know braille uh individuals who are blind or visually impaired being able to to communicate you know without spoken word you know kind of that private communication and in this case i feel like it's kind of similar you know, being able to privately consume the information, like you said, without having to to rely on others. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's one of the key features for us or, or, the, or the key benefits for us is that not having to rely on someone else. And I think with sports in general, you don't have to watch a match to, to, to know the score. You can look that up on your phone afterwards. <laughs> you know, it's about it's about the journey. Um, sure. You know, how, how your team won, right? Or, you know, if you're talking about a goal, you know, Someone can tell you there was a goal. Someone can tell you player A received the pass from player B and player C then sends it across the field to player D and you know then a player on the other team tackled them. But they're all end destinations, I guess you could say. It's, it's, it's the journey that matters um, and feeling that journey yourself rather than having it explained to you, even if it's probably too difficult to explain the journey anyway, feeling the ball moving yourself, feeling it going to the back yourself, the back of the net itself, did it go in, in, inside the left post, the right post, right down the middle? How far was the shot taken from? You could be told all these things or you can be shown all those things. And I think that's that's the key thing for us that we're, we're trying to get in. We're really excited to um, get it unrolled um, across the UK first and then um, further afield also. Right, right. Um, and then is, is it a camera or how does it actually, how does the device actually, you know, track or, or know what's going on on the field? Yeah. So we've got two methods to do that. Um, the first 
I guess the, the, the main solution really is the, the camera solution. So um, Tim, smart guy, has developed um, kind of an in-house computer vision model. Um, I, 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 don't, I don't want to go on record and say it's, it's the fastest of its type, but it is certainly up there and it, and it may well be the fastest of its type in, in terms of um, how quickly you can it can process. Um, it, it can see the ball on the field and process uh, its location in within half a second and then relay that back to the device itself. So we install a camera, one in each corner of, of a stadium. So four cameras in total, they're kind of small, like CCTV cameras. They have the computer processing the information on edge on the camera itself, which means that the data being kind of broadcast online is extremely low, low bandwidth, low quantity, and no footage is being left from the stadium either, which is uh quite important for rights holders and broadcasters so yeah it's cameras they track the ball it's sent to the device along with possession and the other key things within half a second into the into the um into the user's laps lap or hand we also when if we want to do a demo at a certain stadium um we can also track the ball manually so a sighted individual can um sit in the, in the commentary box and manually track all the all the game information using a mouse or a joystick hmm. and it wow. can be done that way as a temporary solution also right right and i was going to also ask kind of on that note you know as a fan would i have to be sitting in a certain part of the stadium for the cameras to effectively capture this information or can you pretty much be anywhere yeah you can pretty much be anywhere um that that would usually depend on the stadium operations themselves um the device itself is small, wireless, portable. Um, as long as there's an appropriate, you know, internet signal at, at whatever part of the stadium, you, you can sit anywhere, which I think is quite, is an important thing personally. Um, is and I think a lot of stadiums are catching on to this truth as well as that, you know, a this a, a designated kind of disability area in any stadium is 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 proven quite unpopular as you can as you could probably understand. And um, a lot of stadiums now are. And well, on our side of the pond, at least, are doing their best to make sure that the entire stadium is accessible to everyone, whether that be wheelchair users, um, visually impaired individuals, um, hearing impaired individuals. Um, so we want to be right on that wavelength also. Sure, sure. Very interesting. And then you did say something about uh, as far as the radio broadcasts, so fans can also listen to, to the radio broadcasts on this? Yeah, so that's um, something somewhat is still in development but um we're, we're, it depends if something's being broadcast on fm or um internet radio um in europe and well in europe i guess um we we do an extremely good job of audio descriptive commentary do do are you is that something developed in in the us yeah there definitely are some organizations out there it's it's still kind of a growing thing but it's yeah kind of that in addition to obviously the traditional play-by-play, -play, you know, on a radio station or whatnot, you know, having audio describers in the stadium describing more detail to fans as well. Mm. Yeah, so so we've had that for I'd, I'd say the best part of thirty years now in in mm. um, in Europe. Uh, there's some actually some quite fun videos if you look back on YouTube of um, kind of stadiums in Scotland using it thirty forty years ago, and they'd they'd get um, kind of a female commentator every so often just as a treat and things like that um so yeah wow. no it's a fun it's a fantastic service um in, in in most stadiums here and um our our idea is to be you know not to replace that whatsoever but to you know be in completely in tune with it um so we can 
and in future versions of the product, you know, there will be FM receivers on the device itself so that you can just plug straight in and listen to the, to the audio broadcast and the haptic feedback, uh, feedback as well. What we can't do at the moment is if any commentary is being broadcast on the internet, we can tune into that. Although usually there is a slight latency delay with that due to it being on internet rather than direct uh, FM broadcast. Right, right. Gotcha. I'm also curious uh, as far as, you know, identifying, say, players on the field by number or statistics or is there any kind of anything that you guys have talked about or working on to kind of communicate a little even further information about the the event, the players, whatnot? Great question. Um, So those things are expected to be covered by commentary. Some of those kind of less immediate things, you know, who has the ball, what number shirt they are, um, statistics and things like that. The commentator usually does narrate. Um, and you know, as a commentator would narrate, um, you know, player X has the ball and it's to player Y. Okay. You know that, but you want to see that. So that's what the haptics do. Um, nonetheless, though, stats is an interesting one. Um, you might want to see the, you might want to know the, the score immediately or, or how much time is left or how many shots have been made on each side. We've had some good suggestions on adding, some kind of audio feedback as well. Um, just, you know, talk back saying that or some kind of refreshable braille display in the corner of the device as well. Um, neither of those have been developed yet. And I guess we'll have to see with more fans um, how much of the mander is for those two things. Right, right. Interesting. And I know a big question a lot of folks are going to have, uh, obviously you mentioned soccer is kind of the, the first sport you guys are starting with, uh, you know, with this technology um in general just any other sports that you're looking at and also i'm curious about you know sports for the blind whether it's goalball beat baseball potentially applying this technology to those sports as well so football is a primary focus um and our other focus is uh funnily enough australian rules football or, or aussie rules um we, we had a very successful demo um actually in melbourne last year with the australian football league and the telecom company Telstra, um, and we released a, a great a great video um, as a result of that demo. So um, we did have to change our devices so that they could they could work for um, for Australian football. Um, and I think as a result of that, we've actually future proofed our future device our um, our present devices so that they are much easier to interchange between sports. Um, the top surface which has the, the kind of engraved lines of the of the pitch lines can now be changed quite easily to any sports and our computer vision model is um we're, we're adapting it so that it can work on on different types of balls also be it rugby balls american footballs australian footballs soccer balls whatever so there are two main sports for now um i guess how we expect to go kind of further down the line is um, accomplish, make deepen our roots in those two sports and then see what the demand is for other sports. Um, But we're definitely looking at them. And probably the most important thing for us as well is to eventually get some kind of home-based device where users can use it at home as opposed to in the stadium. And um, that would, of course, have to be adaptable to to as many sports as possible. And you tell me, Greg, what's the the viewership like for goalball and be baseball and, and more adaptive sports such as that yeah i mean certainly uh, you know obviously with streaming a lot of the the matches and games you know of that sort are definitely streamed online and uh hey you know i'd love to at least see you know the the technology kind of tested out 
on say an adaptive sport like that uh you know i think especially like with say goalball probably the most well-known sport for the blind you know like you said kind of you know putting something in that ball or somehow having that ball you know communicate information from from where the ball actually is on the court uh, would be would be fascinating yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm a I'm a blind football coach myself here in Dublin. Although I'd say adaptive sports in Ireland are are generally slightly underdeveloped, especially compared to the crazy thing you guys have got in the states. Um, <laughs> one 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 fun thought that we've, we've I've spoken with coaches is actually using it. Um, both goalball coach, both goalball players, um, and 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 blind soccer coaches is the thought of using it actually for competitive instruction whereas you can actually use their devices in a tactical way kind of at that you know the timeouts or there the half times or the, the pre-game talks if um you know as an effective way to communicate player positions ball positions um by the coach to the to the players themselves but um you know before they go out and then execute those uh those orders um which is quite a cool which would be quite a cool thing if we were to get to that stage although we're not there yet and in terms of you know fans viewing it um there, there's no obstacle there um just a matter of of time and and getting to that and you know getting into the stadium sticking cameras into stadiums and uh getting them rolling right right uh, so if, if a sports fan were to walk into you know a stadium any kind of venue whatever the sport is and they wanted access to this technology how how could they actually get it time travel about a year a year or two into the future <laughs> and then you're good to go <laughs> gotcha. we're um yeah we're, we're still kind of kind of at, the, at a early pilot phase uh, slash development stage um we have the um, hopefully in australia this um in the next year or two um kind of rolled out fully although i can't speak too much about that um and then in stadiums in the ireland and the uk um this year for sure um and when we get to your side of the pond, um, hopefully in the next year or two. And um, I'm sure when stadiums are using this technology, um, they they will advertise it and we'll advertise it also. Um, so all I can say at this stage is, uh, is, is stay tuned. Sure, sure. Gotcha. And I assume, you know, once there are the devices are more available, like you're saying, uh, if you just talk to somebody within the stadium, I assume they would, you know, kind of know where to direct that person to get that technology and it would be free for them to use right yeah absolutely that's that's the the aim no stadium should be charging um extra for that the service and and we take issue with that quite frankly you're you're when when someone purchases a ticket they should expect um you know as 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 an immersive and high quality experience as possible and we're just facilitating stadiums to provide that to us to a you know a specific demographic right right exactly so I know you have mentioned uh, you have done some testing, whatnot, and I'm just curious some of the feedback that you've gotten uh, thus far from some of the users. I think the feedback's in, in two groups. You know, the positive feedback, yeah, which is the really encouraging types of feedback, and also the, you know, oh, oh, damn, why didn't we think of that type of feedback? Um, I'm not quite sure which <laughs> one's more useful, but uh, they're both great. Um, in terms of the, the first kind, um, yeah, it's really um, it's really encouraging when you when you get someone using it and 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 they can feel what's going on and and really enjoy it. Um, we had one lady in Melbourne in Australia using it, um, lifelong um, Australian football fan, and she was for the first time in her life able to kind of I guess call a goal or predict that there was going to be a goal before um, 
before she heard the crowd roar, which is, you know, what would she would be somewhat relying on. That was just a massive feeling for her. And, you know, she, she, she expressed that well. She also said that, you know, with enough practice, she'd be able to commentate the game herself. Um, so, you know, really, really great uh, kind of snippets like that. Um, and in terms of, you know, using it with fans, that's that's the best way you're going to learn new things. Uh, I think one of the best pieces of kind of feedback we got was to actually color in the pitch lines themselves. They used to, you know, the device itself is white and we used to have the device itself white and then the pitch lines also white, but, you know, just being able to feel them because um, they're debossed in. And then one fan said, okay, well, I've got, you know, a limited amount of sight. I wouldn't mind if I could actually see the ball respective to the pitch lines also um, because I definitely can't see onto the field itself because it's too far away, but I totally can't see the device itself. So if you can color in the pitch lines, um, I'll be able to actually see the ball where it is as, as well as feel it. So, so that was a great bit of advice that we implemented on it. It's been popular since. Sure. Sure. Interesting. And then uh, just to wrap up here, if uh, individuals out there interested in learning more, I know you do have a website if you want to mention that, anything else on YouTube or social media as well. Yeah, I'd say just um, check out www.fov.ie. Um, that's the best place to go for the time being and you should see the links to different places out there. Um, if you're somewhat interested um, or want to know more, I would ask that you um, you, you press the get in touch button on the website and and give us a bell because we'll be really interested to hear from you. Awesome. Very cool. Alrighty. Well, again, we've been chatting with Omar Salem from Field of Vision. And uh, first off, Omar, really appreciate you taking the time to chat here. And again, I'm just so intrigued, so fascinated by this technology and certainly look forward to following uh, your progress as a company. Pleasure, Greg. Cheers. Thanks for having me on board. Absolutely. Be sure to follow the Eyes Free Sports podcast at facebook.com slash eyesfreesports and on Twitter at eyesfreesports.com.